We are moving right along here uh, in this episode of the Williamsville Wire. We're kind of winding things down as the sports seasons wind down here in Williamsville. But uh, we have a special guest with us today. Um, Billy Peterman joins us. Just got done competing in his 12th Ironman competition. And that's quite the feat. So we heard about it. We thought might as well have him on, talk about a little bit of his journey and uh, just everything with the Ironman competitions. Billy, how are you doing today? Hi, Seth. I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is unique and special for me, for sure. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. But I just kind of the first question that I wanted to ask is, why did you choose to start doing these Ironman competitions? Uh, good question. Good place to start, Seth. I know um, uh, in 2015 uh, was my first and uh, I had done, you know, shorter distance triathlons before that, you know, locally, um, and just kind of got, you know, did shorter ones here locally, got hooked, you know, how there's anything in life, you tend to kind of do things and you kind of catch a bug for it, you know, and, uh, and so after a couple years, um, I thought, well, I wonder what it would take to do the big one, you know, an Ironman, uh, which is uh, the longest distance out there for the most part for a triathlon. And so in 15, um, I had lost, um, Real close friend of mine, uh, who you know the family, Jim Fulginetti. Uh, Jim was, of course, family of you know Katie and Brianna Fulginetti, and Sharon was his wife. And he was a very close friend and died of cancer um, prior to my Lake Placid event in 15. And that's the one I did first. I joined uh, or signed up for 2015 Lake Placid. It kind of dedicated that uh, first Ironman or memory in, in memory, really, of Jimmy Fulginetti. Um, and it was a special one, one that I probably will, I certainly will never forget, and one that was probably the most, um, one of the most emotional. They all tend to be emotional because of the amount of work you put in, but certainly that one was very emotional. So 2015 was the first one I did. And then really, um, as you can imagine, after doing one, I kind of thought, you know, as an Ironman goes, uh, one and done. And next thing I knew, I was doing another one in Louisville later that year and a couple more after that. And one led to two, two led to four and four led to six and uh, end up getting in getting in 11 over the course of seven year time frame. So you talk about that first one, you know, transitioning from the triathlon to the Ironman what was kind of the biggest change in the way that you trained between those two events? Yeah, the biggest change certainly is training, as you mentioned. I mean, it's it's the time commitment, uh, and I don't think uh, any I don't think everyone can can do it because you got to have the flexibility of having the time to train. I'm lucky enough to have that. I have my own business, as you know, and um, I have the flexibility to to go early in the morning or maybe lunch hour or late in the day and. When I have openings in my in my practice, and uh, the biggest adjustment is definitely training and nutrition. Uh, training and tr- nutrition are huge to be able to kind of always be on the top of your game and training, and also recover to get that next workout in. So you really kind of go from you know someone who may work out four or five times a week for an hour at a time, you know, which may be four or five hours a week, and you turn it into fourteen to eighteen hours a week. So it's like a second job, really. So you talk about your nutrition. What does your diet pretty much consist of while you are training for these Ironman events? Yeah, believe it or not, I mean, nutrition is huge. As you as you know, um, or at least as I can mention to you, you know, triathlon, they refer to it as 
three disciplines. You know, you got the swim is the first thing you do, then you bike, and then you run. Those are the three disciplines, but they commonly refer to nutrition as the fourth fourth uh, discipline uh, because it's so important. And I'm probably not the best at it. You have to eat a lot. You have to eat right, um, carbs, and uh, certainly protein. And um, I'm probably... Uh, of the four, I would say disciplines, I can train all day long for swim, bike, and run. For some reason, uh, I have a hard time keeping up with my nutrition. Not that I eat bad, it's just difficult to, you know, when you're burning two, 3,000 calories a day and you need to have a couple thousand to start out with, I mean, you're eating four or 5,000 calories a day and that's practically impossible, at least for me. And, and so, uh, you know, you're talking about high, high carb intake to keep your uh, energy up from day to day and uh certainly staying hydrated with the right drinks and the right uh volume of drinks and nutrition to kind of keep that training from day to day what are some of the places that uh you have gone and what are some of the memories that kind of stick out from these ironmans yeah good question as you mentioned i just finished my or I, I entered my 12th up to that point of a few weeks ago actually it was a week ago today um I had done 11, started 11, and finished 11. I was 11 for 11, which I was pretty proud of. Um, Lake Placid, I've done twice. Uh, I've done Louisville, Ironman Louisville, a couple, two or three times. Ironman Florida, which is in Panama City, I did a couple times. Uh, Ironman Wisconsin, which is in Madison, I did that uh, once. And uh, Ironman Maryland, I had done one time. So, you know, I had been across the country. I hadn't really gone out west, um, but... Uh, it's kind of neat to travel, you know, obviously with family to these events and Ironman events. If you've never been to one, it's, um, it's pretty special. And the memories, as you ask over time for me, um, certainly I'll have for the rest of my life. I mean, just from the very first time of jumping in the water and kind of hyperventilating to get used to doing that to the most recent one I did in St. George, which is the ultimate one, which is the world championship that I qualified for by doing 11 before, um, which of course I didn't finish. Unfortunately, I just didn't quite have it that, that day a week ago, but, um, it's pretty emotional. It's, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's been finishes where I've simply bawled and bawled and bawled and hurt so bad. I told my wife I would never do another one again. And next thing you know, a week later, I'm talking about what next one I'm going to do, you know? So the pain goes away and the emotions really never leave you. And I probably will have those for the rest of my life. You talk about your wife and, you know, some of the other people that have kind of traveled to watch you do these. How big is it to have that kind of support system? It's huge, really. Um, I've done... As I mentioned, of the 12 I've done, I've done some I've gone to by myself. Um, and I've done some with the very first one I did in 2015 in Lake Placid. I had uh, my family, my wife, uh, my daughter, one of my daughters was with me, uh, the Fulgenetti family, because I was kind of doing that in memory of Jim Fulgenetti. They, they had several people that attended uh, with me, which was pretty special, all the way to the one I just had a week ago. Brad and Julie Zara, who you know, they were with me and very special to have them with me, along with Paige, my youngest daughter, and Kale, uh, her husband. And um, it really, really helps give you the support system uh, that you need later in the event because, you know, these events aren't, aren't short. I mean, my fastest one I had ever done was uh, a little over 12 hours, and my uh, longest was about 16 hours. So anywhere from 12 to 16 hours, that's a long day. And 
the last part is on the run, which for me is pretty much a run walk uh, at that point. Um, you see them a lot and they're encouraging you and uh, it helps keep you going. Otherwise, it'd be very difficult. So you kind of talk about how it's broken up into three separate events. What would you say is the most difficult event for you? Well, it's funny to say, actually, uh, that's a common question. I used to be somewhat of a, uh, I think, a relatively decent recreational runner after I got out of high school, went to college. Uh, I did all the traditional sports in high school, you know, basketball, football, stuff like that. Uh, never really was a great runner, although I developed running in my 30s and 40s kind of as I kind of just kept trying to stay in shape over time. Um, but I would say the hardest one for me now is running. Uh, the body's not the same. The knees aren't the same. Um, so you, plus it's a, plus it's a, it's the last event. It's the third event. So you swim 2.4 miles, which for me is an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, you bike 112 miles. And for me is ballpark six hours on a bike. And then you got to run a marathon. Uh, so usually by that point, I mean, you're into the race, seven, eight hours. And, you know, now you're trying to run 26 miles. And for me, it's pretty much a run walk. And it's difficult because I just don't have quite the, the, uh, running stamina that I had when I was younger. Uh, so there's no doubt the running is the diff- most difficult for me. You talk about how it takes 12 hours to 16 hours. That's where the, that's the range that you'd kind of finished in. What's the mindset like? What's kind of the voice in your head telling you as you're going through this? Yeah, it's a good question because uh, they call it in the uh, triathlon community. I mean, you come across in a 12 to 16 hour time frame, uh, many, many dark moments. I mean, you, you encounter uh, many dark moments that you have to work your way through. Uh, and I've learned a lot from a lot of local triathlon buddies um, who basically said, you know, and I've kind of used this mentality is, uh, when that dark moment hits, which can be on the bike or could be on the run, typically not on the swim, but on the bike or the run. And in most cases on the run, when you're getting, trying to get to the finish, um, usually those come up because you've lost focus in your, in your, in your, um, mind or you're under nutrition. So you need to take in some nutrition at the next aid station, whether it be a gel or a, or a, believe it or not, they have Coke on there, which actually is a big boost of sugar and stuff like that. Um, and uh and then also they just basically say give it you know five or ten minutes and you'll and it'll it'll turn around that's really the truth is a dark moment and you can have many dark moments that you think you know you're wrestling in your mind of quitting and you just have to say give yourself 10 minutes and it'll pass and they and it usually does so that's usually the most difficult part is to get past those dark moments you kind of talk about how your other triathlon buddies they talk to you they give you that advice is there like a is the, the community between the Ironman runners and triathlon runners is that is that a close-knit community would you say uh I would say the Ironman um circuit that we're talking about the 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 one within this and this is a company that is worldwide they have Ironmans not only in the U.S. but we're talking in all across the world and it's a really great community I mean you learn I've, I've met some of my best friends now are, are people I've met on the Ironman circuit. I have clients in my practice all over the country who have decided, who've, who, who, you know, understand kind of who I am and we've developed a friendship and they've decided to do business with me. Um, so it is certainly across the country, a very special community. The local, there is a local uh, tri club, uh, Springfield triathlon club is what it's called uh, that I'm a part of as well. Not quite as involved. They're really kind of doing more smaller events and a couple of kid events during the year. 
but the Ironman circuit is a special, special community, one that almost gives you a, a second home, if you will. You kind of talk about, earlier you talked about your emotions when you finished, uh, you talk about <laughs> crossing the finish line and, you know, bawling just because of all that's gone up into that point. Yeah. Would you say it's more of the same emotion every time or are some finishes more special than others? Uh, some have been more special. Uh, I would say the emotions for me, uh, there's really probably three emotions I, I would probably hone in on uh, with your listeners. Number one, my first one, as I mentioned, being the very first one in, in memory of Jim Fulginetti, very special. Uh, number two, my fastest time was in Ironman Louisville, which was 12 hours, 15 minutes. And that was one I was super, super uh, trained for, and I was fit for, I was ready mentally, and I took on the challenge. And uh, when I finished, I had just not only, I didn't finish with emotions, I finished with energy. Uh, it's almost like I keep going. Uh, and then most recently, uh, I did Lake Placid last year in 2021. I finished very, very difficult. I developed some issues on the run and really didn't know if I was going to finish. And I did finish. So that one I finished in a balling type of motion. And then, of course, the one I just did a week ago at the championship was just the first time ever in my life I feel, um, and I hate to say this sometimes, but I got to own up to the fact that I feel like I just gave up on the fight Uh, because it really is a fight. It's a fight in your mind and a fight physically. And I kind of feel like I just gave up on the fight because I just didn't have it in me uh, a week ago. But, you know, that it happens. After 11, for 11, maybe I had in the back of my mind that at some point in time I wasn't going to be 100% on my finishes. <laughs> so does the way that you think going into it change from each event? Because the first one you go in, you ran those triathlons, but you'd never really gone through the Ironman. Into the second one, you kind of have more of that experience. Is what you're saying to yourself in your head before the event's different between each one it is really a little bit because each course is different uh and i think part of what happened a week ago at the championship the world championship is i kind of to a certain degree you know i've never been one to psych myself out but it was definitely the most challenging course i have ever had in front of me um the bike the swim is typically pretty straightforward the bike was uh, 8,000 feet of elevation climb. So you had a lot of climb in addition to 112 miles. And uh, the run, even the run for 26 miles, had elevation of about 1,400 feet on the, on the run. So very hilly course, very challenging. It was 90 degrees that day a week ago. Um, it was one tough one to overcome. The, the fact the DNF rate, I believe, was 22%. So one in five didn't finish. Um, but... Prior to that, I will say other, like, you know, as you ask, is your emotions or do, or do you think differently going in? You really do because courses are different. If it's a flat course, when I, I did Maryland a few, few years ago, which is completely flat, I'm ready to go because I know I can handle flat courses and go hard. If it's a tough course like Placid or Louisville, which is hilly, just like St. George, you kind of have to hold yourself back, almost like pull the reins in on a, on a horse to keep them under control to pace yourself. So there are different ways you approach it. You talk about, uh, you've, you've gone through 12 now. Uh, you said many times that maybe <laughs> that's the last one. Was this one really it for you? Do you think you're done? After you got to have to ask me that question, Seth. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Uh, it's been a very difficult week emotionally. Uh, I did play this one off, uh, as my kind of 
you know, my victory lap. Not that I've won anything. I'm kind of a mid-pack kind of guy. I don't, I don't, I'm not at the front. I'm not at the tail end. But I kind of was, you know, I just turned 60 a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, you know, if I can go to the championship, which is what my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal was to get in the championship. And I got an invite. And I got in. But I didn't finish. So there's a certain part of me that I feel left undone, if you know what I mean. Uh, so... Uh, my wife and I are kind of working our way through that. I'm not going to sit here and say that I am 100% sure I'm done. Uh, I want to be done, but I also feel like I have some unfinished business to do. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, Billy, whatever the next move is, the people at the Williamsville Wire, we're excited to see that as it develops. Billy Peterman, join the show. We thank you for stopping in today. Have a great one. Hey, Seth, I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Take care. You know, just getting done finishing up that interview with Billy Peterman, definitely a lot of interesting things there. Uh, originally recorded that about two weeks ago uh, during the uh, Kirker and DP podcast episode, but that episode just got so big so fast that, you know, I thought that we'd give that one an episode of its own. But, you know, here we are one final time. I'm joined by Nathan Simcoe. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing phenomenal. So, uh... Nathan, we gotta we gotta finish things up here. All sports are done for the year. I'm definitely gonna miss it. It was a fun year, you know, kind of starting things back up again, then you know, expanding the wire. So, do you want to start off with soccer this afternoon? Yep. Uh, you know, the soccer team, the girls' soccer team, had a great season. Uh, they did end up losing uh, to Normal University in their sectional game, I believe. Is that yeah, a sectional? sectional semifinal. Sectional semifinal game, okay. Um, but, I mean, they they had a great season, and they got some signature wins this season. So I would say that this is a success of a year for them. Yeah, a great uh, season for this girls' soccer team. Definitely fun to watch them this year and you know you can't talk about this girls soccer team without talking about the great season that Grayson Mirabli had you know broke the career goals record broke the season goals record and you know she did that without a uh, sophomore season with a shortened junior season Uh, so really she did that one in three years so just really impressive and wish her the best of luck in her future and really it's actually two full years yeah yeah, but two full years and about half of a season. Correct. Um, so that's super impressive for her. And she was definitely, in my opinion, definitely the most memorable part of the season, besides obviously all of the wins that they got this year. Yeah, she was uh, fun. And, you know, something that it was really nice when you talked to her, like she understood that what she was doing was great, but she knew that she couldn't do it without the uh, help of her teammates. So she was always the first to, you know, say, well, you know, if uh, – these girls with me weren't giving me the passes if they weren't you know helping me out then I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing so definitely nice to see that out of an athlete um and then you know on the defensive side of things you got Olivia Fandel uh Katie Zobis a couple other seniors over there so and then you have some freshmen you know obviously the goalie Lillian Johns yeah she she was so impressive this year you know she out only allowed about two goals per game and you know uh they saw some good teams this year so anytime that as a freshman you can go into the net really hold your own against a schedule like the Williamsville Bullets play because you know across um all sports you know the Williamsville Bullets they don't you know they don't fluff their uh schedule with you know 
I don't want to say bad competition, but they're definitely going out and they're finding a really high level of competition to play them to prepare them for the postseason. Right, and these freshmen, Seth, are only going to get better as they progress. And same thing with the sophomores, and then the juniors will have, you know, obviously one more year. So it's going to be a good future, I think, for these uh, girls. But obviously we've talked about, obviously, with Mirabli leaving, someone's going to have to step up. I think that they have some freshmen that can do some. Yeah, I think that uh, when Claire Carter returns, as we said, she had that injury earlier this season. I think that we're going to see her be uh, one of the leaders of this offense. I know she's only a sophomore, but can't really look at uh, years if you're going to need leaders out on the field. Claire Carter's a freshman. Yeah, she's going to be a sophomore. Oh, is that what you said? Okay, maybe I just misheard you. So, yeah, Claire Carter will be a sophomore when she returns to things uh, next year. Um, But there's also going to be – a good amount of seniors on this uh, lineup, you know, that junior class. Oh, uh, we saw a good amount of them on the field this year. They'll be seniors. So, you know, Williams is still going to have that leadership come next year. And there's obviously some uh, incoming freshmen that'll help, I think. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, getting back to girls' soccer season next year. But the Lady Bullets soccer team finished the year with a record of 16, 7, and 1. Uh, they won a regional championship, finished second place in the Sangamo Conference with a record of 4-1. and one. But at this time, we are going to make the turn, and we're going to start talking about some softball. Uh, the softball team lost their sectional semifinal game against Macomb by a score of 10-6. to six. And, you know, going into that one, uh, Williamsville, I believe they were a, a six-seed headed into that semifinal. And, you know, everybody else in there was either a two or a one. And, uh, you know, Williamsville yesterday in that game, they jumped out to a 3-1 lead uh, in the bottom of the uh, first inning. But, you know, I'm going to give Macomb credit. They were able to, uh, you know, kind of hold down the Williamsville offense for a while. Uh, They'd get into jams, but, you know, their pitchers, she'd be able to get them out of them. So, uh, you know, props to Macomb. They were able to get some timely hitting. You know, they had a really big fourth inning, and, uh, you know, that kind of led them the rest of the way. I think that, you know, there's definitely some spots in this game. I've heard from some of the softball players that I talked to, and they said that, you know, they just left some runners on base and some big opportunities, like that maybe like in other games they've gotten them in before, they've gotten that big hit. Maybe in some spots in that game they just didn't quite get the big hit, and they kind of just fell short, I think. Yeah, a couple times uh, the Williamsville Bullets, they were able to get runners on second and third, just, you know, couldn't bring them home. And, you know, I think any time – and, you know, I give props to McComb for this, but Williamsville jumps out 3-1, and then, you know, Williamsville, they don't score again until the bottom of the uh, sixth inning. But, uh, you know, if I, I'm i going to talk about one part of the game last night. You know, Nicole Sinks, she was very impressive. She had two home runs, one out to center, one out to uh, left field, and, you know, she provided a good boost to that Williamsville bullet offense uh, last night. So it was definitely fun to watch her at the dish and you know she played a really solid game at shortstop uh made some plays over there and she's only a sophomore so it'll be fun to watch her uh grow uh as her high school career progresses right um but i think you know at this time we gotta thank all of those seniors on that uh softball team Lindsay law uh, maddie roberts and miranda file you know they were uh, good leaders this year you know coach dennis's first season and you know we always talked about it we talked about it back in the fall but you know a first season for a head coach there's a big learning curve and uh you know for uh 
Coach Dennis to be able to win a regional, you know, a regional that Williamsville is not necessarily favored in. You talk about that. Olympia was the team that was favored in that regional. They got the one seed. So uh, it was good to see this Williamsville Lady Bullets team really rally, uh, especially down the uh, stretch of the season. Went through a rough patch, won six straight games, and out the regular season, uh, you know, the offense got on a roll, had like four straight games where they scored 10 or more runs. So it was definitely fun to watch this uh, Williamsville Lady Bullet softball team over the course of the year. Right, and he's no stranger to the game, so he obviously knows the intensity and he knows how to coach a softball team that showed this year. And I think the players really enjoyed having him as a coach. And I know it's hard sometimes being a new coach, but um, I think he stepped in and filled this role pretty well, obviously, since they won a regional. And I think that's always the goal for these teams. You know, it, it definitely felt like there was some good energy going about the team. Um, and, you know, I just think that's a huge testament to what he can do. So it was a it was a lot of fun to uh, watch that. But just taking a quick look at a uh, season stats was a solid year at the uh, dish for the Williamsville Lady Bullets. Maddie Roberts was batting 490 at the end of the year. Madison Kloba 459. Nicole Sinks. 436, Miranda File, 350, Naomi Roberts, 344, Nora Dodsworth, 333, and then, uh, you know, Lindsey Law, she finished the year with 280, so some solid batting averages on the uh, team. The Williamsville Bullets, they finished the year with a total of 25 home runs. Leading the way in that department was Maddie Roberts with eight, Miranda File, she had five, Nicole Sinks had five, Naomi Roberts had four, um, Izzy Nowak had one, Lindsey Law had one, and Nora Dodsworth had one. So a solid season at the dish for the uh, Williamsville Lady Bullets. Going to be fun to uh, see some of these sophomores and juniors come back next year because, as we mentioned, you know, uh, Naomi Roberts and Nicole Sinks, they're both on that list. They'll be back. Uh, we expect them. We expect that they'll be big leaders uh, going forward for this team. Uh, but then, you know, you take a look over at pitching. Just a heck of a season for Hattie Bond. 144 and two-thirds innings pitched across 25 games. A uh, 12-9, a 12-9 and record, uh, one save and one save opportunity. A 2.855 ERA, a 1.369 whip, uh, 59 earned runs, 157 strikeouts. So, I mean, she's a junior. She'll be back next year. I mean, who knows? You know how much she'll you know, grow as a pitcher, and I mean, softball is a game of endurance, so as you being older, you know, that year can make, you know, a difference, you know, especially in the playoffs, so. Oh, yeah, and she definitely showed that she has that endurance this year, 144 and two-thirds innings across the uh, 186 that this team played this year. I mean, that's that's quite the uh, load to carry, so, you know, right. she's going right. to take some time off, you know, rest up, but I expect her to get stronger and I expect to see her back in the circle for next season. 100%. So I think that is going to do it with the season review for the Williamsville Lady Bullets softball team. Um, I thank the softball team, you know, for supporting uh, the live wire, you know, that live brand of stuff that we've done. It was definitely a lot of fun to broadcast softball. Uh, I thank my broadcast team for that, Marissa Carroll and Nellie Weller. Uh, they were great to work with and hope to do that again next year. You know, Hopefully we'll do some lobbying, uh, get some kind of press box at the baseball and uh, softball fields because it's cold in the early months of that season.
But, you know, that takes us into baseball. Uh, the baseball team lost in the regional championship to Moreau Forsyth, but Simcoe, that was a hard-fought game. It was a great game. It was a great game. Uh, you know, I think Williamsville got out early. They kind of battled there for a while, but, you know, Trey pitched great. I think that first inning he racked up, I want to say like 30 yeah, I think it was like 32, 33. 30 pitches there. You know, in the first inning, you never want to have, you know, that many pitches. But it happens. He battled through it. I believe he only gave up one run. So, I think it was 3-1 to one after the second we scored. And I believe Trey held him there. So, you know, it was looking really good. And, you know, a few errors here, you know, kind of cost us big. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, that was – it was hard. You know, I know it's hard in, in those games. Going to take the time to thank the seniors for this baseball team. Ross Bodine, uh, Hunter Moser, Kyle Griffith, and Alex Keenan. We thank them for their dedication to the Williamsville Bullets baseball program. Uh, but just to dive deeper into this game, you know, uh, the Williamsville Bullets, they played really well. Uh, you know, had a lead 3-1 um, to one part of the way through. Then eventually, you know, Moroa, they put the runs up on the board. You knew Moroa was going to put the runs up so uh, he was coming at some point i mean yeah. you knew grubs was going to get a hold of one at some point he did he got that one out in the gap and that really was a big spark for moroa um you know i thought trey you know i just mentioned i thought he pitched phenomenal for what it's worth um for everything that he had i feel like he put it all out there he he did everything that he could have i think yeah i thought uh by each team it was a really a uh, solid pitching night you know uh, Moroa Forsyth threw out three pitchers, Evan Foster, Caden Maurer, and Jackson Grubbs. Uh, Maurer finished the game on the mound. Uh, Foster started, and, you know, Foster also had a, a pretty long first couple of innings on the mound, but, you know, he was able to settle down, head out there. He had some he had some good stuff on the mound. Uh, you know, he was able to locate that outside part of the uh, zone, so... It was fun to watch him pitch. It was also fun to watch uh, Trey pitch that entire night. And, you know, you bring in Braden Sailing in relief, a freshman, and he had a couple of scoreless innings out there. So um, it's going to be fun to watch Carter and Sailing uh, move forward because, you know, both of those guys return next year. Right. Uh, but then, you know, near the end of the game, it's it's 6-4. The uh, bases uh, were loaded, and, you know, Caden Griffiths, he put a beautiful swing on the ball, you know, uh, just kind of got stuck uh, up in the air. And, you know, uh, that center fielder, he made a heck of a play, yeah, laid out made, for he it. He made a good recovery. I think he uh, initially thought the same thing as all of us were, that that ball's, you know, probably got wall written on it. But it, the wind was blowing in, so it kept it up in the air, and it kept it, sh like, shallow enough shallow away from the wall probably about 15 feet or so from the wall and he was able to make a recovery and the ball just fell in his glove and I'll, I'll give props to the center fielder made a nice recovery yeah um you know but headed into next season you know Caden Griffiths uh he he's gonna be a great leader for this team he's a great player uh great guy he knows uh what he has to do to lead a team so it's gonna be fun to watch him uh headed into the future you know he'll get some uh senior leadership uh help with him in that outfield you know harley sharp he's gonna become a senior uh moving into next year so it'll be fun to watch this uh williamsville baseball team again it's gonna be a senior uh led team next year but you know i also think that 
the sophomores on the lineup this year, you know, uh, such as Joseph Catalano. We saw him play right field this year. I think that uh, he's going to need to step up and, you know, be a leader next year. And then uh, Ryan Mendenhall over at third, uh, Brayden Sailing, uh, wherever you find a spot for him. Um, you know, those two freshmen headed into next year, I think it's great that they saw some good varsity minutes uh, this year. Um, and I'm definitely excited for them and uh, what's to come for this uh, Williamsville. But, you know, uh, like I said, uh, the baseball team get makes it to the regional championship. And, you know, during that rough patch, you know, I'm not sure if you really ask anyone on that team how confident they are that they'll be playing in our regional championship Uh how confident they would be, but, you know, they rallied. They uh, won some big games. They had a big span of two weeks where they didn't lose, and I think that really got their confidence going. I think it, you know, uh, helped them out mentally. So uh, it was definitely fun to watch this team overcome that adversity. Right, and, you know, this this was a year. This was kind of a chaotic year a little bit, you know. You know, they're down. I think they were 5-10, and 10, and they proceeded to win their next, you know, they won – I think eight next eight. Yeah, they won their next eight. You know that's a lot. So they they battled this year, and it's hard. And they they did they did it. They 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 went pretty much. You know they went to the regional championship. That's always the goal for the baseball team. You know win a regional, and they were right there all the way to the end. It just came up a little bit short, and they fell to a really good team. So I don't know. They can't be too upset about it. It is a heartbreaking loss, but it's it's a. It's a very, it was a very well played game in my opinion for what oh. it was worth. Oh yeah, I mean headed into that game, you know, me and you, we knew that it was going to be a tight game, but I'm not sure if uh, you know anyone outside of this team, outside of the community of Williamsville, you know, you look at uh, what Maroa has, Maroa, uh, high seed, you know, and uh, then you look at the earlier season result, a nine one victory for the Maroa Forsyth Trojans. So um, it was definitely, you know an underdog game for the Williamsville Bullets and you know Williamsville was right there pretty much the whole way so uh it was definitely a fun game to watch a fun game to be a part of uh I thank Paul Claudney I thank Jeff Carter uh for helping me out with the uh live wire stuff this year uh we'll be back next year you know we're gonna look to make some changes that are gonna make things better for the live wire and uh you know uh, I'm excited to head back out to the baseball uh and softball diamonds uh come next spring but, you know, that's going to do it for all of our season reviews uh, this year. Uh, right now I'm going to start talking to Simcoe. Simcoe, what's what's a memory that stands out from all this Williamsville Wire stuff this year? Um, I think that just football season in itself was just very fun. I feel like I, I don't want to rip on all the other sports because basketball, the holiday tournament, was also very fun as well. Um, but football season I feel like just had the most, like, it was really fun. It was a fun experience talking about the football team and the golf team this year. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of fun during the fall. Uh, having the golf team on, having the volleyball team on, having the soccer 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 was- team on. You know, Cam Fry, man, he was he was great this season. You know, had him on for an interview, and then every so often he'd pop in to be a guest host when we were down someone. So a lot of fun to uh, be with him uh, this year. Uh, that entire homecoming special where we put out an episode a day over homecoming, I thank Cole Brewer for that idea. You know, that was a great idea. I appreciate that. You know, always looking to expand uh, things over here, expand coverage. 
um you know uh to your point the holiday tournament that was amazing you know that's where we move into the highlight side of things that's where right uh you know we take a chance we um kind of put our own money into this we uh head off where we start our own thing a little bit more separate from the school you know we we take uh we take a shot, you know, we we know that Williamsville is a great spot for sports. We know the uh, energy that surrounds these sports teams. So we decide, you know, we're going to make some highlight videos, you know. Uh, and it worked well. So. It, it worked great. It was awesome. It was uh, great to be a part of the community heading to that uh, Williamsville-Peoria Christian game in the holiday tournament. I, I'm not sure if many people expected the Williamsville Bullets to win that night, you know. I know, uh, I, know I didn't pick them, but it was a great game, and. They battled that holiday tournament, and the JV team was very fun to watch as well. So, oh yeah, just a lot of great stuff through that holiday tournament. You know, another memory that sticks out to me: the uh, SHG regional semifinal for uh, girls basketball. The girls team heads over to Jim Bell's gymnasium. Uh, you know, battles back through the entire second half. They trailed, headed into halftime. They came back, won that game. Uh, you know, SHG had a shot at it, and then you know. Williamsville Bullet defense, they were able to stand in a man, just just an amazing game, you know. Talk talk about a game that nobody really expected Williamsville to win. You gotta head to the regional host, you know, take them on. SHG had, had a great season uh in the CS eight, so it was just an amazing uh victory to watch, an amazing video to edit. Uh it it was really it was really a great experience. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, that was a really I think that was definitely one of the best uh, episodes, I think, after that that we posted was about that. I specifically remember that. And then, you know, I'm uh, headed into spring, all those live broadcasts that we uh, expanded to. That was a lot of fun. And uh, so, Simcoe, we've talked about the uh, past. What's your big goals for the future of the Williamsville Wire? You know, I really like the highlight aspect. I think that you know, using our website, using our platforms for that. I really love highlight videos. You know, you're going to make, obviously, that you've already talked about doing a lot of those hype videos. I think those, that'll be very cool. And I think being in a new press box will be also one of my favorite things to look forward to next year. Yeah, headed into uh, next fall, the plan is, you know, I'll start cutting up uh, highlight videos for the uh, volleyball team, uh, football team, uh, boys. So that will definitely be a lot of fun to do this summer, uh, you know. And then just another plan for the fall, we're looking into uh, really running a pregame show there. You know, we're going to have the cameras. We're going to look to uh, – uh, I learned quickly that you got to start to uh, kind of uh, delegate all of the uh, things, you know, hand them off because uh, I know that other people know better than me, uh, you know, people definitely know better in the uh, graphics sense and you know I just found out that you know I probably don't have the time to do everything that you know I'd probably want to but uh, you know it's also good to just get more people involved in it I don't know it just makes it a lot more enjoyable and people just know what we're about if more people are involved oh yeah getting more people involved is definitely going to be huge uh, especially headed into next year senior year you know because after that that's that's going to be it for me uh, in terms of the uh, Williamsville Wire. But I definitely look forward to one final season of Bullets TV. Uh, excited to bring Simcoe into the press box for a uh, football season. Excited to, you know, have my first 
shot at doing a play-by-play for the volleyball games uh, come this coming fall. Uh, you know, just had to figure out a lot of stuff in the last couple of years uh, in terms of a uh, new camera in the gym, the uh, Pixelot. You know, everybody knows my relationship with uh, that camera at this point. So, uh, you know, headed into the future, we're going to look to expand the Williamsville Wire, get more people involved, and we want to thank all of you listeners and uh, viewers. It would not be possible without you guys. So we thank you for that. We thank our uh, sponsors that we already have down for the coming year. We thank Carter Rose Lumber, and we thank Law Automotive. Uh, So that's finally going to do it. For uh, this year's segment of the Williamsville Wire, I'm Seth Coons alongside Nathan Simcoe, Kyle Hubner, uh, David Jenkins, Cam Fry, Cole Brewer, and Nellie Weller signing off. Have a great night, everybody.